Hey, this is Mike and Tom from Ballpark Bros. You're listening to another great show on the Four Eyed Radio. Check us all out on FourEyedRadio.com. Today on Ranger Command Power Hour. Oh, I got it. No, you got it. Oh, we both got it. <laughs> Shut up. God. Uh, you can tell what mood I'm in right now. I can bear through it, though. It's fine, but... You can bury through it. Uh, okay, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> Show's over. No. <laughs> Subscribe to us on YouTunes, Android, and the, the Google. <laughs> what the f***? <laughs> you combined iTunes and YouTube to make YouTunes. Did I say YouTube? <laughs> you yeah. did. Wow. I was like, what the hell is YouTunes? Is that exactly. a website I didn't know about? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <clears throat> YouTunes? YouTunes. I was like, what did... <laughs> like, what? <laughs> oh, guys, I'm I'm out of it. <laughs> Alright, you can check us out on iTunes. And now, on Ranger Command Power Hour. Hey, 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 it's the Ranger Command Power Hour. Come on, this. Today on the Power Hour, Episode 79, Rangers Review, Power Rangers Dino Supercharge Episodes 11 through 13, recorded on October 18th, 2016. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four Eyed Radio Network. Summer Ranger up with your hosts. I'm Eric, also known as TrekkieB47. I'm AP, also known as Secret Ranger Fan. I'm Zach, also known as Hollywood. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash rangercommandph. There are over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey. How are you guys doing? I'm good. Great. <laughs> Great. Yeah. After our last episode, the big New York Comic Con, all of those reveals and stuff, since you weren't on the last one, AP, I wanted to get your thoughts. What did you think of the movie trailer? It was badass. <laughs> I'm all for that. Granted, all we've seen is a trailer, and the rest of the movie could be awful for all we know <laughs> but it seems so interesting i'm curious i think that's good yeah right now the movie has really invigorated my interest into mm-hmm. the brand because we'll get into these episode reviews but right now dino supercharge is just not doing it for me yeah i'm like over it so. <laughs> yeah and it sucks to be over a season when you're halfway through the second part of it going into this last quarter Yeah, and it just kind of sucks considering how much I enjoyed the regular Dino Charge season. Oh, the first Dino Charge season was great. It was awesome. Yeah. And and it ended well. I really don't know what happened between Dino Charge and Super Charge, but just the filler front half of this, and we'll get into some of these other episodes, but you would think the debut of, oh my god, Silver Ranger. Oh, wow, that would be so cool. And it's just his dumb voice, and I really don't want to be negative about Power Rangers, but the only thing really interesting to me right now, and what I was so excited about, was... New York Comic Con, the trailer dropped, and during that week, those posters revealed with the full detailed suits, and it's just like, everything was like, wow, this is so great! And when that Saturday of New York Comic Con, I just happened to be at my parents' house, and it was just like the perfect storm. My family enjoyed it, all the news that was coming out, the trailer, I watched that trailer like 20 times, and I'm just like, okay, why isn't it not March yet? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, it needs to be March because that trailer yeah. was awesome. And I think that's what we're all feeling, and it's just Dino Supercharge right now. There's cute moments, there's funny moments, there's genuinely funny moments in these episodes that we're going to talk about. Yeah. But then the episode does something to go, oh god. You know what I mean? It's, like, there's, it's like- like not enough anymore. Right. There's too much grown-worthy stuff that you can't cancel that out with right. the good we're, stuff. We're, yeah, where the grown-worthy stuff just overshadows any good part of the episode. And we get on this filler binge where all this characterization stuff that should have happened in the first season. But with episodes like that, I'm glad they didn't because it would have ruined the first season. (laughs) The first season just did such a great job of building these mini arcs, like with the Gold Ranger reveal. And it did build some mystery with the Aqua Ranger, only for Supercharge to just royally F it up and turn... Mm -hmm. 
Tyler's dad into one of the worst fathers in Power Rangers history. Mm-hmm. And now we're getting into this back half of the season. We've crossed the halfway point. We're officially into the last quarter of Dino Charge as a whole. And it's ramping up a little bit, but it's too little too late at this point. And yeah. they're still falling back on some of these filler tropes that just weigh down these episodes. And I know, AP, you've reviewed television shows in the past. For you, how frustrating is this for you as a viewer? Gosh, incredibly frustrating? <laughs> is that a good answer? <laughs> Not for Dino Charge. <laughs> yeah, it's annoying to compare it to something else that I'm kind of going through mm-hmm. that most people would have noticed by now, unless they been living under a rock is the whole arrow situation right how much i enjoyed that i loved that show almost everything about it and even the stuff i didn't like i was willing to overlook it and now it's the complete opposite there's nothing there for me anymore the fourth season crossed a line that you can't get back to enjoying it no i can't unless something crazy happens and i highly doubt that i know some people might be saying oh it's because We feel like we deserve too much or, you know what I mean? But it's not like that. There's a visible difference there between the first part of it, the part that you enjoyed, and then the part that you didn't. There's an actual contrast and it's not just like a I want more type situation. I can see where you're coming from with the parallels with Arrow because with Arrow... There was a clear division for some fans. Like, I still watched it. I didn't think the rest of the season was great. I didn't have the same visceral reaction that you did. But, yeah, I thought some of their choices were with Laurel Lance. But you can tell. It's like that season is the dividing line. I feel like the finale of Dino Charge and the premiere of Dino Supercharge... That is the clear division for this series. And it just happens to be one half of the series versus the complete other half. Mm-hmm. And then the international spoilers happened. I haven't watched ahead, but I've read what happens. And, yeah, me too. And it doesn't get better. Mm-hmm. No, no. It gets horribly worse. Right. And I hate to go on a rant because we got the, like, this whole news section. We haven't even reviewed the episodes yet. But I just feel like ranting because that's the mood I'm in. With the Neo-Saban era, Samurai just felt like a copy and paste from Shinkenger. Weird character choices there. But the second half of that show, Super Samurai, was definitely a marked improvement over Samurai. Yeah, it still wasn't great by any means but right it was a actual improvement yeah yeah mega force and super mega force i thought despite some wooden performances by the acting mega force freaking awesome i genuinely yeah. enjoyed that first half of that season i definitely enjoyed it more than samurai but yeah. there was still something lacking like there was that hype early on in that first episode. Oh my god, we're seeing the Legend War. Holy crap. What's that gonna be? And then <laughs> I, I thought I thought that Mega Force ended well. The new alien armada was attacking. They were in dire straits. Who's this messenger guy? What's going on? Robo Knight disappeared. I thought Mega Force was setting Super Mega Force up amazingly. I was like, all right, this yeah. is where we get to it. And then we all know what happened with Super Mega Force. (laughs) And that's the thing. I don't know why there's this problem with the Neo Saban era seasons where either the first half is great or the second half is great, but the whole show can't be great. It either starts off well, like Mega Force, and ends horribly, or it starts horribly and gets markedly better in the second half, like Super Samurai. Mm -hmm. Dino Charge, it feels like it's doing in the Megaforce thing, but it's doing it in a different way. I genuinely love these actors. I think the mm-hmm. Dino Charge actors are great, meeting Yoshi and all that stuff. Super cool people. Like, you can tell that their personalities in the show are carrying through. And I think... Ivan is one of the greatest characters of the Neo-Saban era. He's hilarious. His character's consistent. It's just that out-of-time night, which I like. Mm -hmm. But the stories, to have three-fourths part of the show be complete filler schlock is just... What a detriment to derail your entire storyline. And we'll talk about this in later reviews, but the fact that we're just now learning who created the Dinozords, who created the Dino Chargers, what the hell's the point of Kendall? What's her deal? <laughs> no, I'm serious. It's like, yeah, Xenowing created the Zords. Okay, 
Why didn't you tell us that in the first season? Tease the guy. We got rid of Jonathan Zakor because he royally effed up Super Megaforce and that chance. But we've got Judd Lynn promising last San Diego Comic-Con that, oh, some of these episodes are going to be the best in all of Power Rangers history. And I get it. You're trying to hype up the show. But it just comes off as like a <laughs> lie. And... I know he's been a part of great seasons, like In Space and Lost Galaxy and this, that, and the other, and Time Force mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, and now we're going right back to the same crap that we've been dealing with the entire Neo Saban era. We're getting these dumb, slip-slappy actions. I get it. Power Rangers has to entertain the kids. But at the same time, we've had past seasons where amazing things happen and big dramatic reveals, and it doesn't talk down to the audience. Yeah. Like, Like, you can have a show that appeals to kids, but is also mm well-rounded, and that's not what is happening here. No, and that's why I'm so confused, why there's such a marked difference from from Dino Charge to Super Charge. I don't want to blame the writers, but I'm going to have to. Because it's like, the first half of Dino Charge, it was all Chiplin, 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 wrote, directed, blah, 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 Chip, 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 Chip. Then the second half, it's like, written by Chip, but also these two other people. I'm not trying to blame them, but... At the same time, there's a definite disconnect. And what the hell happened here? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're nice like, people. I, I met Chip and Becca in passing at Paramorphicon. They're great people. But I don't know if this is like a Saban Brands influencing the story elements or something. But I don't want to come across as a hater. But at the same time, I'm trying to look at this critically. No one can argue that there has been a shift from Dino Charge to Dino Supercharge. In terms of writing, the plot, the filler. And I wanted Dino Supercharge to continue the momentum of the arc building that the first half of the season did. And it tried doing that, but the first thing that automatically failed for me was Tyler's dad. That whole explanation, just from a logical standpoint, it doesn't make sense. So his dad just disappeared on him for 10 years, YOLO, and Tyler feels nothing about that. But yay, I got my dad back. That's not real life. And I know Power Rangers isn't real life, but we've had Rangers in the past deal with real life issues. You know, Justin from Turbo, his dad was always working, and he felt like shit because of it. He had to go to the school and find new friends because mm-hmm. his dad wasn't there for him. That's a real life thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't get why they're just trying to, like, just talk down to kids today. Kids today are not stupid. Oh, no. (laughs) And just today, it was reported by Ranger Crew or Power Rangers Now or whatever they're calling themselves now, that this past episode, episode 15, is the lowest rated episode. It was like a 1.056 million or whatever rating. It is the lowest Power Rangers episode ever rated. Okay, you can have the excuse that it's coming off the back of the Halloween episode, but I don't think kids are tuning out because of a hiatus. You can only use the hiatus excuse for so long. We've had six years of the same schedule. It's always in Mm -hmm. the same time slot. It's always on the same channel. Kids should know when it airs. Like, kids are not dumb. And there's, like, the internet now. Kids know how to use the internet. If they're not using it to figure out when the show's going to be back, their parents are. So... Yeah, it's saying something when the last episode you have the full reveal of the Silver Ranger. And no one cares! No one cares. Ratings-wise, no one gives a This show survives by the sale of the toys, but creatively, they're basically doing the bare minimum to keep a show going. Now that you say that, I almost wonder if because the first half of the season was so well-received, they thought maybe they could, like, slack a little bit, and they're slacking too much. But but here's the thing. I don't buy that because they film everything all at once. They do their Christmas break and then they film some more. So these shows are already filmed and in the can by the time we see it on air. Granted, it airs in February and they still film until May or whatever. 
But pretty much the first half of that show, so there's nothing I can do to give the writers an excuse for this. I'm going to let someone else talk for a second. I got to drink some water. <laughs> someone else rant. Really, everything you've said is, is pretty accurate. This last half of the season has been very disappointing to the point where it's felt like a chore to tune in and watch. That is not how we should feel as fans. We should never have to be like, oh, I got to watch this. It's on again. Yeah, like you should never feel like obligated to watch even if you don't want to. Does that make any sense? Right. Yeah. No, no, it does. And here's the thing. I know my last month was pretty busy. I got married. Things were happening. Mm -hmm. So on one hand, that is my excuse why I didn't catch up with these episodes until last night. But I could have watched those episodes earlier. I could have. I just Mm -hmm. didn't feel motivated to. Um, But I do remember when I was watching Dino Charge, like that first half, I was so excited that, yeah, I would watch them as soon as they became available. I was excited for Dino Charge. Even in Dino Charge, there was a couple whatever episodes. But as a whole, it left me wanting more. Mm -hmm. And when they did that finale, they beat Sledge. There's like, oh, we can go back to doing Mm -hmm. our own lives. And it felt like a transition. I'm like, oh, well, snap. Based on what Judd said at San Diego Comic-Con, things must be really ramping up in Dino Supercharge. And then you get freaking Ivan trying to rob a bank to pay off because he busted a suit of armor in Dino Supercharge. And it's like, what the hell am I watching? (laughs) And maybe it's just because I'm (laughs) mad about work or whatever. I'm in a general mood today. But I'm just ranting about Dino Supercharge because watching these with Teresa and yeah, we had a few laughs. There was genuine funny moments. Poissandra running around on a bike with the Rangers parting. Genuinely hilarious. And it's only hilarious because of the actors doing their job. I think we have a fantastic group of actors this season. But they can only work with what they're given with, direction-wise, writing-wise, plot-wise. I don't want to blame Judd Lynn. I I know he's a good guy. He's doing his job, whatever. But Mm -hmm. it's not Zach or bad, but it's just like... Okay, this isn't the 90s anymore. It's 2016. Let's break up the story format. Let's do something innovative. And I don't know if it's because we're making fat cash off these toys. We can put as bare minimum effort into the show as possible. We don't need to innovate. We don't need to do a Mighty Morphin, Dino Thunder, Dino Charge team up. Even though we have the freaking footage to do it. No, 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 forget that. No, let's not put all that effort and let's just do a straight season. Whatever. The biggest disappointments to me this season, and again, comparing to Super Megaforce, Super Megaforce was the freaking king of missed opportunities. I mean, we Mm -hmm. can all agree on that. We've talked about that on this show many times. But Dino Charge as a whole, more so Super Charge, it's also becoming a season of missed opportunities. You're using Mm -hmm. the same suit that was in the Dino team-up. That's what gets me. You have the suit. You have the footage. Yeah, and you choose to create an original character that, you know, instead of... mm, Yeah, that is very disappointing. And that's the thing. It's like... They're using a three-year-old Sentai. They had time to craft their overall art and all that stuff. This is how old TV shows do it. They write an arc. They plot out the whole entire season. Any mm-hmm. TV show does that. Arrow, Flash, Supergirl, well, most, whatever. Well, most most TV shows do that. Most TV shows do that. They, yes. They plot out at least what they want to do or certain milestones that they want to hit yes. in their season. Yes. And they yes. are flexible. They do change that around. But they had time to plan this out a little bit. You're telling me, okay, you can't get any of the original actors. You don't want to pony up to fly Emma Lahana or uh, what's his name who plays Connor, even though he lives in New Zealand. You can't fly ASJ out. You can't fly Steve Cardenas out. You can't fly Connor's actor out. You can have the rest of the morphed Rangers be like freaking voiceovers. I, I don't care. Like, there's there's plenty of talented voice actors that can mimic some of these actors if they don't want to pay for them. Sentai just served this up on a silver platter to Power Rangers. And, all right, here you go. Do whatever you want with it. Apparently, they have to buy the movie footage. Then just buy the movie footage and do it. That would have been the greatest thing for fans and would have been a complete makeup for Super Mega Force. Doing that dino team-up. As soon as I found out that we weren't getting that, I was like... Man, Supercharger's going to have to do a lot of work to win me over. And then, spoiler alert for those who haven't been spoiled by the international airings, but 
newsflash, we don't get Talon Ranger. We don't. He yeah. He's uh, in the show, in the toy morpher, and we don't get him. We don't get him as a toy. We don't get him as anything. And I want to know what happened with Supercharged, because there was all the hints in the world that Heckle could have been that ranger. You set up a dark Energem. Like, you set up an extra Energem for an extra ranger, and he doesn't become Talon Ranger. His suit had the colors of the Talon Ranger or Death Ruger in his collar. It's got the blue and the dark blue and the red and the gold. And it's like, hello? Clearly, it seems like they were setting up for that, but something happened in production and they completely scrapped all that. And that's what it seems. I don't want to go all conspiracy theory, but it's like, what the hell happened there? And I know we're not reviewing it this episode, because that's episode 15, but in this latest episode that just aired, we find out that Heckle was the guardian of the Dark Energem, and he was running away from Lord Arcanon. And then when he touched the Dark Energem, because Arcanon forced him to, that's when he became Snide and Heckle and Snide. But they were so clearly setting something up like that for that to happen where it's like oh man another energem does that mean he can morph too oh and again i haven't seen the international airings i just read what happens but there you go and i know i said on the show before i wouldn't spoil things for people but i'm on a rant right now and this is what it is so what are your guys' thoughts on this this is totally not in the show notes i just i just completely went off there You went off the rails. Um, no, you know, you brought up a lot of good points that this last half of this season has been severely disappointing, and we can only speculate as to why we didn't get some of the things that were softballed to the team. It's just, it's disappointing. I don't think I'm as fired up about it as you are, Eric, but it's definitely disappointing. I know. I'm a crazy fanboy, and I I get worked up over the writing in the kid show. But But no, like, I understand it. A lot of stuff was hinted at, or it was clearly sort of set up to go a certain way, and then Mm -hmm. it never happened. Yeah. Why? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know what goes behind the scenes. We're not privy to that stuff. We're not privy to whatever financials that Saban has. And I still love Power Rangers. No matter what happens, at the end of the day, I'm collecting the toys. I'm doing a podcast. I'm going to be there opening night or earlier for the movie. All Mm -hmm. these things, my passion will never end for the show. And the only reason I'm fired up about this is because I am passionate about the show. I want the show to be good. I want the show to take creative chances and story chances that, as was promised, would be some of the greatest Power Rangers episodes in history. I legitimately want that to happen. And am I excited for Ninja Steel? I mean, a little bit because... Yoshi's brother is going to be in it, but you can't ride that as your enthusiasm. And just the hints that we got for Ninja Steel, like they're taking in a different direction of the Sentai. It's an intergalactic blah, blah, blah. That's another thing that kind of pisses me off. And we're not talking about the Halloween episode this episode. But when there was that first description of the Halloween episode, and it's like, ooh, an intergalactic court was going to judge the Rangers. I'm like, oh, shit. Are they going to set up Ninja Steel with this intergalactic stuff? Nope. It's an intergalactic Halloween court, i.e. the most dumbest thing ever in Power Rangers. (laughs) Even though the witch was really good and I was like, wait, did they pull her from Wicked? But (laughs) other than that, I was like, what am I even watching right now? Mm-hmm. All right. For you, the listeners of Ranger Command Power Hour, Audible is having a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash rangercommandph. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash rangercommandph for your free audiobook. All right. The rant happened. That's... <laughs> That, that was my feelings. <laughs> I guess to sum up my rant, I want Power Rangers to be better. In terms of writing, in terms of pacing, just stop talking down to kids. Obviously, kids are tuning out because now we're getting the lowest ratings in the show's history. Yeah. If we dip below that... AP, can you explain ratings? Is that like a million viewers? That 1.056 or whatever? That's millions of viewers, right? I believe so, yeah. So if we ever dip below a million viewers for any other show on the planet, that's a cancellation sentence, right? Mm -hmm. Pretty much. So if we start skirting that, like, which we already are, if we're skirting that one million viewers 
viewership and right now we're just barely above it really can toy sales just keep a show like this going and if they do (laughs) but if they do the budget's going to consistently get lower and lower dino charge already had assistance from the new zealand government which kicked them some money but if the price of that is going to be having new zealand references in every season from here on out then just end the show I mean, how are we going to shoehorn that into Ninja Steel? Like, what's... I I, I don't know. I'm going off another tangent again. Let's just do a palate cleanser and actually go to our new segment. First off, Justice League and Mighty Morphin Power Rangers crossover. Hell yes! Yes. Yes. So last week, we got a press release from DC Comics... DC, Boom Studios, and Saban Brands announced Justice League slash Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Angel Grove's Teenagers with Attitude encountered DC's most popular superheroes in the January crossover miniseries, which will feature a variant cover program to pair Power Rangers with different Justice League members. On January 11th, two of comics' greatest teams will combine their powers and abilities for the first time. Justice League, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Jon Stewart, Green Lantern, Flash, and Cyborg meet Saban's Mighty Morphin Power Rangers in a six-issue monthly miniseries from New York Times best-selling writer Tom Taylor, who wrote for the game Injustice Gods Among Us, also Green Lantern Corps Edge of Oblivion, and artist Stephen Byrne, Justice League of America Rebirth, Senior Vice President of Editorial Strategy and Administration for DC Entertainment, Hank Kenals, said DC and Boom Studios are teaming up on this crossover is a dream come true for fans of Saban's Mind Morphin Power Rangers and the Justice League. Stories like this are a great way to have that what-if itch scratch, combining favorite characters from different publishers in Epic Adventures. Something terrible has happened in Angel Grove when the Power Rangers Command Center is breached and the teleporters are damaged. Zack the Black Ranger is flung into an alternate universe full of citizens possessing outrageous powers and wearing strange costumes. Will Jason the Red Ranger, Trini the Yellow Ranger, Kimberly the Pink Ranger, Billy the Blue Ranger, and Tommy the Green Ranger be able to get Zack in time to save him from Batman? What? <laughs> Standard covers will be drawn by Carl Kershaw of Gotham Academy second semester, and each issue will feature a variant cover drawn by one of comics' most popular artists, pairing each member of the Justice League with a different Power Ranger, including Batman Pink Ranger, Cyborg Blue Ranger, Flash Black Ranger, Green Lantern Yellow Ranger, Superman Green Ranger, and Wonder Woman Red Ranger. Holy crap. This is like... My childhood yeah. dream come true. Plus, it starts the day before my birthday, so hell yeah. Yeah, this is, on all levels, fantastic. I'm, I'm glad Saban Brands and Boom Studios and all of them were able to work together for this. And I'm loving the Boom Studios comics. Uh, yeah, the, for the, sure. The Pink Ranger miniseries, the main story, and then to add Justice League on top of this for another miniseries. I've said this before in past episodes, but... These comics are getting me back into my comic store, which I haven't done for years. It's awesome. But right now, if you're a fan of Power Rangers and comic books, this is just a great time to be a fan for those aspects. Mm Mm-hmm. We have the cover on our site, that first issue. But I joke because it was like a half split down the middle. So Red Ranger was with Superman. That's the leader. Billy was paired off against Batman because clearly they're both smart. I joke that the Flash was with the Green Ranger because <laughs> Tommy sure lost his powers pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> So, no, it's it's really cool. When I saw this announcement, there were hints of it at New York Comic Con, but nothing was ever really confirmed. And then a week later, we actually get the confirmation. I was very excited by this announcement. Mm-hmm. So I will be collecting them for sure. Hell yeah. All right, next up on our news, we got official images of the Ninja Steel villain figures from Kmart and Sears, of all places. So, as reported from Toku Nation, some of the villains' names are Stone Dozer, Ripcon, Ripper Rat, Cataclock, and Bashers are going to be the foot soldiers for this season. Already, the names are a marked improvement over Dino Charge, you know, where we got... 
Ninja and Puzzler. The most generic names ever. Um, I mean, Stone Dozer just sounds like a cool name. I know you guys really don't collect the figures, but just the villain designs. What do you think? It looks like they're missing some paint apps. I don't know if yeah. that's just because these are like prototype figures or if they're just trying to be cheap with the paint. No, I don't think these are prototype <clears throat> images. These are the actual press. So what you so, see is what you get. Well, then they're they're cheaping out on the paint apps. Well, they cheaped out with the paint apps for Dino Charge, too. But I'm not complaining that much because you can add paint. But I'm just excited that we're still going to get more villain figures. It is always cool to get villain figures. So I'm not put out by that. And as someone who's never seen the Sentai, I yeah. just think some of these designs are just like really cool again. So. Yeah, like Ripcon, he's from Ninja. He's one of the main generals in mm-hmm. the first few episodes. And I haven't watched much Ninja, but that first half that I did see, his design was one of the coolest in Sentai in a long time. Yeah, he's really cool. And just like the double swordsman stuff and and the split face, really cool things. And one of the reasons that I like Ninja's monsters designs was because they always combine an everyday item with a crazy monster. The evil shuriken can infect a normal everyday item and you get a twisted version of it, which... In a way, if you're talking Power Rangers, it reminds me of like when Lord Zed used to do that. When he would shoot a purse and then we get like a purse monster. Yes. <laughs> so I'm really digging these villain figures. I'm glad Bandai America is continuing that line and that super successful. And then finally, our last news item, Power Rangers Dino Supercharge, even though I ranted about it. Episodes one through eight are now available on Netflix if you do want to catch up or watch them again. Win Evil Stirs, Forgive and Forget, Nightmare in Amber Beach, A Date with Danger, Roar of the Red Ranger, Forge Under Fire, Home Run Coda, and Riches and Rags. Well, speaking of Dino Supercharge episodes, <laughs> we're going to review episodes 11 through 13. So first off, episode 11, Love at First Fight. This episode features the debut of the Terra Charge Megazord Tricera Formation. In this episode, Poissandra's beauty makeup is used to change a Vivix into the monster Beauty Cruel, which, out of these three, I thought this one was the most entertaining, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Personally, I love Beauty Cruel's voice. I, I love that, like... Yeah, I'll see you next time, darling. Yeah, I wonder if you come up and see me sometime. Exactly. (laughs) The voice acting direction on that was perfect. I really thought that was hilarious. Interesting to note, this episode was actually directed by Chip Lynn. So for that, the direction, great. And you know what? The episode wasn't that bad either. I did like that they brought back Kaylee. Kaylee returns. We see a continuation. And thankfully, we see growth of Chase's character. Mm -hmm. Now he's in a stable relationship, and he's not trying to one-up or date every girl that he sees. So just from that standpoint, he's already matured more than Jake from Super Mega Force. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I'm glad that Kaylee returns. He builds this model for her, I'll fly to the moon for you, and they go on a nice date. He gets her space food from the Space Academy. A little bit of slapsticky moments there, but he's still a ranger, and he has to make up a lame excuse about taking care of his friend's fish, Bubbles. (laughs) So, in the episode, Heckle charges Poissandra to use her makeup to distract the rangers, to use it against them, and in one of their first fights, you know, where Chase is first taken away, Beauty Cruel uses the makeup to infect the rangers, Riley and Coda and Ivan, with this paint that just saps all of their energy. She steals that energy, and in turn gives it to three other Vivix who start wailing on the Rangers. I thought it was cool. It's like a cool use of these powers. It shows that Beauty Cruel is kind of a threat, even though all she wants to do is find a boyfriend. It's hilarious. It's a hilarious setup. I did like in the beginning where before the Vivix changed into Beauty Cruel, it was like all over Kirio, and Kirio's like, ah, get away from me. And I think overall as henchmen, the Vivix characters are genuinely funny. Yeah, Um, for sure. Mm -hmm. And then they have a plan where they take this regular person, Brittany, 
and use Poissandra's makeup for makeup do-over switcheroo and switches bodies and dump the Vivek's body, which has Brittany's personality, dumps her into the trash. I'm like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> and yeah, so now Brittany, quote-unquote, beauty cruel, still has that horrible voice, but also hilarious at the same time, infects Tyler with the lovey-dovey makeup, which I, I thought was funny. There was It was like switcheroo and lovey-dovey. I like that Poissandra's makeup has these different names, but infects Tyler, and he really does go lovey-dovey. Shelby instantly gets jealous, of course, but the Rangers figure it out pretty quickly. Once Brittany leaves and takes Tyler with her, Ivan spots the paint on Tyler's back, so they figure it out pretty quickly, which is great. And then to lure the monster to destroy it, they get chased, and they refer to his past traits of going after women and charming women, and he's like, no, I'm different now. Kaylee's my girlfriend that's behind me, and randomly Prince Philip is there, and he's like, no, you must do it, ha ha. Dude, where the hell did you come from? <laughs> As the case is always with Philip. But there's this whole scene where Chase is talking to Beauty Cruel and saying, oh, but I really prefer a woman with short hair, like a bob. And then big lips, big, huge red lips. <laughs> and then she's like, well, what about eyes? And he's like, eh, eyes are overrated. Yeah. That, that whole scene was genuinely funny. And I thought, well, Ren, for, I guess, what you could say a filler episode, I thought this was one of the really good ones. It shows Chase's growth, and then, you know, obviously Kaylee sees him talking with another woman. She gets, like, super angry, storms off, and then he gets disappointed, but the trap has been set. Beauty Cruel switches bodies again with Brittany. She's like, well, here I am. But then Kaylee followed Chase because she wanted to give him a piece of her mind and she's watching things unfold and she discovers his identity. She sees all of them morph. She finds out that Chase really is the Black Ranger and it all clicks for her, which mm -hmm. we haven't seen a civilian or an ally character discover the Ranger's identity in a while. Yeah. It, it's been a while. And it wasn't a force thing like Bulk and Skull type thing where they're actively seeking their identities. It just an in-the-moment thing. It just so happened that the whole team was there as well. Obviously, they save the day. At the end of the episode, Kaylee reveals to Chase that she knows his secret. He thinks it's a big relief, but he stresses that you got to keep this under wraps which she fully understands. And then he's about to tell the rest of the team, but then they get that call from the Silver Ranger. He's like, hey, I'm in trouble, and if you don't help me, it could put the whole Earth in danger. Bum, bum, bum. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was actually interesting that Chase never got to tell the other Rangers that Kaylee knows. And at the end of the episode, because of Poissandra's and Wrench's failure, Heckle uses the remaining Poissandra's makeup to switch their heads and bodies, I guess. <laughs> so it's really weird, and they're like, oh, we're hideous. And blah. I just thought that was hilarious. Overall, I thought this episode was actually good. Even though it's advancing the Silver Ranger plot slowly but surely, overall, I thought Beauty Cruel was pretty hilarious. And I think the thing that really put it over the top for me was the voice. That Mae West voice that was just yeah. like, yeah, why don't you come up and see me sometime? It was hilarious. No kid is going to get that. But for the adults watching, they're like, Okay, I see what you did here, Power Rangers. It's pretty good. <laughs> Overall, I thought this was an all right episode. There's a couple errors, most notably in the final morph. Riley's morph box doesn't feature Riley, and instead there's two Codas. <laughs> which I thought was a really dumb editing mistake. It's like, guys, you've had months to look at that episode. And interestingly enough, this episode, which centered on the Black Ranger, featured a Megazord formation with the Terrazord and the Pink Ranger Zord. In reverse, in an earlier episode, which centered on the Pink Ranger, that episode featured a Megazord formation with the Terra Charge and the Black Ranger Zord, the Parazord. So that's kind of a funny switcheroo there. Finally, one continuity thing. When they used the disguise as Brittany in Beauty Cruel's body to sneak her into the Dinobite Cafe, it was actually one of the ghost costumes from the first 
Halloween special, The Ghosts with the Mosis. All right, so what do you guys think of this episode? Just like you said, Eric, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was the fun way that they did the voice for Beauty Cruel, and you know, that, oh, that old timey, like, hey, hi, big boy. And all that. <laughs> it, it makes me laugh. It really does. Yeah, it was filler, but again, it was entertaining filler. We did get a little bit of story driven stuff at the end with the whole Silver Ranger thing. It was really cool to have not only a recurring ally character come back with Kaylee, and it was neat that she discovered Chase's identity because we haven't had that happen in a while, like you said. What about you, AP? I actually didn't see the whole episode. <laughs> I've only seen like bits of it because it wasn't like on Nick.com once I finally decided to catch up. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, but I've seen some clips of it, and from what I've seen, I liked it. But I don't want to make a complete determination because I haven't seen, like, the entire thing yet. All right. We'll move on to episode 12, Catching Some Rays. It marks the Purple Ranger's turn to use the Dino Super Drive Saber. So that's a point. Mm -hmm. So Leisure, a monster sealed by Coda's grandfather is released into the world, making all humans become so lazy that they will soon die of starvation and inactivity. Now, Coda and Kendall have to stop her before her twin brother, Loafer, can steal the Energems. This episode starts off with Kendall's grandmother, Betty, or G-Ma Betty, visiting... <laughs> which was hilarious. It's that's, yeah. that's such a southern thing. Visiting the Dynabite Cafe and quickly coming to Coda's rescue when he loses control over new Cinco's. That whole thing was hilarious. Yeah. When he said monster extinct, I lost it. He actually <laughs> said the thing that they say when they destroy the monsters. It was great. And then, I don't know if you caught that, but Tyler off to the side also posing. He held the spoon up to his head like he was holding the sword in the cockpit <laughs> up to his head. I was just like, you guys are nerds. <laughs> and no one was no one would get that Gma Betty wouldn't get that but I just thought it was hilarious when he said monster extinct so her reason for visiting is revealed to be this large prehistoric piece of glass lens that she found Kendall really doesn't have a use for it at the museum so Gma Betty just goes off to change light bulbs <laughs> however Coda does recognize what this glass is he demands that they go to the cave they go to the cave but then he finds out oh, wait, this is where I live. So once at the cave, Coda becomes a bit reluctant to go through. There's like a hallway that he said his grandfather had very strict rules, never go back there. But Ivan points out his grandpa isn't here. And we get this rebellious nature from Coda where he's like, oh, yeah, grandpa's not here. Yeah, I see I can step over the rocks. Nothing happens. And he gets this big grin on his face like, yeah, I can do this. A little gripe that I have about that is... We've seen where Coda's cave was. It was on a freaking glacier. It wasn't in the middle of some jungle. And if you remember when Coda's brother is being attacked by that saber-toothed tiger and Coda falls off the ledge of this cliff. So just from like science and everything, glaciers were like thousands of feet high, covered the landscape. Coda's cave, it's a bit of a stretch for me. Like mm -hmm. this is his exact cave. And just so happens to be near everything. And we've even seen earlier in the season that Kendall and Chase, Chase found Coda in an already glacier setting. So it just doesn't add up to me that this is Coda's cave, which is in the middle of a jungle. For me, that's just from a continuity standpoint, this episode totally fails on, on that part. Anyway, they remove a bone from this doorway with the whole bunch of rocks blocking it. In doing so, they release this monster called Leisure. At that point, Coda remembers more about the story. Just as Leisure shoots herself into space, Coda tells everyone to get back into the cave, but only Kendall's able to get away as the rangers are hit by this beam of sunlight, which instantly makes them lazy and just chill out, go on vacation, whatever. So Coda explains to Kendall from the stories that his grandfather told, Leisure has the ability to make anyone lazy through the sunlight that hits them. No one works, no one hunts, everyone starves. It's very bad. So mm -hmm. they head back to the lab wearing protective gear, and anyone who is hit by this beam becomes lazy. All the citizens of Amber Beach, I thought it was hilarious that the reporter got hit, and he's like, yeah, Steve, come on! Talking to the cameraman, I thought that was a bit, <laughs> a bit hilarious. But then we switch back to the, the crash ship, 
where Heckle is furious at, we find out, is Lothar, which is the brother of Leisure. And Heckle thinks he's responsible and is doing his own plan going against his back. But Lofer explains that the monsters are immune to the sun's rays and that it's his sister. So it gives Heckle an idea to let Leisure continue beaming the planet because that will make Fury get the Energems. But on the side, Poissandra and Kirio listen to this and they're like, oh, well, we can do it ourselves. And they go off. This was another point for me that I was like, what is going on? And it's more like just because of the timeline thing. If Lofer was on the ship of Sledge's Monsters, that was 65 million years ago. Leisure was trapped by Coda's grandfather a 100,000 years ago. So just from a timeline perspective, there's this weird leap of logic like, oh, hey, sister, I haven't seen you in 65 million years. There's none of that. And I know they can get use out of one suit by creating two characters, but... Even the suit to me is ridiculous. Like, it's got palm trees and surfboards. They don't even do a good job to, like, cover up that it says, like, deboth, whatever, blah, 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 <laughs> like, from the Sentai. They, yeah. they don't do that at all. They could have put a black bar to cover all that up. Never mind the fact that it's got, like, an ice cream cone hand and other, <laughs> like, human-type stuff. But, okay, you were from 100,000 years ago, sure. To me, it's like... You couldn't have used a different monster. I know they're working with the Sentai footage, but was there anything that you could have done to maybe not tie it to Coda's grandfather? I see what they're doing. There's a reason that they introduced Kendall's grandmother, and then at the same time they're talking about Coda's grandfather. I get what they were trying to do story-wise, stitch the two parallels together, but it kind of failed on that aspect, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the museum, they do the thing with the rock and, and the lens. It doesn't work. And then Kendall actually is desperate enough to ask Gma Betty for advice. And Betty finds out that, oh, well, you don't have a focusing lens here. And in a funny bit, she just breaks off her glasses like, who cares? And just inserts it in there. <laughs> and it works and it cures everyone in the museum that's on this lazy streak. We also get this montage, which I thought was hilarious, of the Rangers parting. And then Poissandra and Kirio join in. And all they're trying to do is get the Energems, but no matter what they do, Poissandra reaches for Chase's Energem, and he's, oh yeah, let's dance, woo! And there's just all these things, and it's hilarious that Poissandra and Kirio are just getting completely wiped out and tired, and like, oh yeah, we can't go on. <laughs> so there's the fight, Coda morphs alone, all the other rangers morph, but then they do this weird hula skirt dance because they're still affected by the rays. Coda's getting his butt kicked. Coda is fighting Lofer, and then Kendall uses the Plesiozord to fight Leisure in space, which is cool. She finally gets her pilot her own Zord, which is great. And then we get a little bit of uh, U.S. Megazord footage with the kind of bad CGI for a Megazord. The Megazord's holding up the lens, but the scale is just completely off. Coda was able to carry this thing, and this thing looks gigantic in the Megazord's hand. I'm like, okay, you guys screwed up that. But, yeah... <laughs> Once the rangers are purified, Kendall uses the lens. Everyone's cured. They kick both their butts. They're done. And then Bang Sledge's ship, Heckle, stops Poissandra and Kirio from going on what they believe to be a long overdue vacation. But since they failed, Heckle takes their tickets to Hawaii and gives them to the Vivix, giving Poissandra and Kirio the order to clean the entire ship for punishment, not getting any Energems. At the museum, Koda acknowledges that his grandfather's rules were meant to protect everyone. And then we get another call from the Silver Ranger. The Silver Ranger explains that someone has stolen the Dark Energem, which Keeper explains that the Dark Energem is the dark counterpart to the other ten Energems. The Silver Ranger can destroy it, but he needs all of their Megazord data to do it. Despite the rest, Kendall agrees to help, and then that's where we end the episode. Overall, I wasn't really feeling this episode just because of some of the logic leaps that I mentioned earlier. Mm. On the surface, it's all right, and I see where they were going with Kendall asking Gma Betty for advice, and then... Coda and his grandpa. Coda learning the lesson that he should have listened to his grandfather. I get what they were doing with the parallels. It was just that the execution of this episode wasn't that great for me. 
just from some of the things that they've already established in past episodes, which they seem to be countering. Am I looking too much into it, or...? You're right. These episodes where these shenanigans happen, we're all gonna dance and party now. It's kind of... They're always kind of weird in my eyes. Yeah, but it's like... We've had this happen quite a few times. To note, this is the fifth time this season that Tyler is under a spell or state that's on himself. It happened in Forgive and Forget, Roar of the Red Ranger, Riches and Rags, and Love at First Fight. So just in Dino Supercharge, we've had five times where Tyler's just not himself because of things that are happening. And it's getting old. I get it. They were setting up this fun montage with Poissandra and all that. But are we done with the brainwashing stuff, please? The preview for next week's episode, which is going to be a body swap episode again. Oh, boy. (laughs) At least they're doing a body switch with a male and a female, which Super Mega Force changed. It was just Noah and Jake transforming. But in the Sentai, it was a male and a female switching. So... I guess, yay that they're doing it right this time. But at the same time, it's like, really, are we? do we really need that trope again? Mm. I it don't seems to be do. a favored trope for some yeah. reason. Yeah. Well, it's a favored trope in a lot of TV shows. I mean, Star Trek's done it. We've always seen those like, oh no, body switch or what happens if I inhabit their body. It's a device used in storytelling to see from their perspective or live through their shoes, literally. But... It just seems like it happens every other season in Power Rangers. And to be fair, it happens in Sentai too. Otherwise, we wouldn't have those episodes in Power Rangers. Yeah. Things like that take me out of the story. When you see English on the monster's back, that was supposedly from 100,000 years ago. (laughs) Never mind the fact that it's got ice cream arms. And even Leisure references ice cream drill attack. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's just these weird things with, like, the whole timeline of 65 million years ago. But yeah, I could definitely give a pass on this episode. (laughs) Again, funny moments here and there, but overall, it's just, it's weak. And (laughs) the only plot advancement we're getting is in the beginning and end of these episodes. That's not how you do an arc. In the last episode, it was like, okay, we get this brief montage of Kendall adjusting the satellites to call out for the Silver Ranger. But they only make contact with him two times, and they're both at the ends of different episodes. Like, he's giving them two pieces of the same story on different, completely different days. Just logically, what is happening here, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's another thing. I don't know if it was this episode or one of these episodes... But have you noticed, watching the block of these five episodes, I kept notice that now they're interjecting more of Riley saying, well, logically this and logically that. It's like, okay, now you're trying to pick his personality now instead of <laughs> the past earlier this season where he's doing this and he's doing that. And uh, so now they're trying to do the whole, well, logically, a little bit too late. Uh, Moving on to episode 13, the last one that we're going to review tonight is Recipe for Disaster, which marks the debut of Lord Arcanon, Doomwing, and the Dino Charge Ultrazord. This also marks the first appearance of the Dark Energem. So, synopsis, Chase is determined to master a dessert recipe from New Zealand when a food critic visits the Dinobite Cafe. Meanwhile, an evil monster comes to Earth to find the Energems and takes control of the Zords and Megazords. This episode opens up continuing straight from the last episode where Keeper explains the origin of the Dark Energem. It was created by the residual Dark Energies when the original 10 Energems were created. It is the only thing that can cripple their powers. It was then sealed inside the planet Sentai 6. However, an unknown warlord destroyed the planet to get this gem. Sentai 6. It, <laughs> it's a cheesy, cute little wink and a nudge. Yeah. I was watching this with Teresa, and, and when they said Sentai 6, she bust out laughing. <laughs> Even though she hasn't watched much Sentai, she knows of Sentai through what I talk about. And as soon as right. I said that, it was just like, really? <laughs> <laughs> kind of an eye roll for some of us older fans. It feels like things are really starting to ramp up this episode because Heckle is introduced to Wrench's new secret weapon, Fortress. It is a monster which, with the help of the Magna Beam, can turn into Heckle's own personal Megazord, which is very cool. So Wrench programmed Fortress with a variety of moves to counteract the Dino Charge Ranger's 
various Zord attacks. However, Hegel points out that Fortress needs someone to call out the moves to counteract, and Wrench says, hey, when hit by the Magna Beam Blast, Fortress develops his own cockpit, and it becomes Hegel's own Megazord. Very cool design for this monster. At the Diamond Bite Cafe, Chase is trying to impress a food critic, Mrs. Alistair, with a pavlova recipe, which he has made exactly the same way before, but it always explodes. When he presents this to her, it actually explodes all over her face and purse, and infuriated, she takes off to give the cafe a devastating review. And I don't know what pavlova is. I've never had it. Yeah, I'd never heard of it until this episode. Yeah, so... Thanks, Dino Charge, for teaching me more about New Zealand. Uh, <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> uh, Heckle and the others are alerted to the return of Singe, as well as the rival of Sledge's employer, Lord Arcanon, and Doomwing. After a minor battle, Lord Arcanon is proven to be more powerful than Heckle. Snide takes over and orders the Magna Beam to be fired, enlarging Fortress with Snide inside. To Fury and Wrench's surprise, Doomwing actually summons the Zords needed to form the Plesio Charge Megazord, Pecky Rex formation, and has his own Dino Chargers. The Rangers are made aware of this. However, Chase has to go find Mrs. Alistair because of the earlier explosion. He believes that the Energem is now in her purse. Doomwing, Lord Arcanon, and Singe do their best to defeat Fortress. However, Wrench did a great job with the monster, allowing Snide to easily defeat the Plesio Megazord with one punch. It's here where Doomwing summons the other Zords, and they summon the Dino Charge Megazord Tristego Formation and the Terror Charge Megazord Pararaptor Formation. The Rangers show up, but as demonstrated by Riley, their Dino Chargers won't work on them. Chase is able to find the food critic and get his energem back. However, part of the Megazord battle causes some debris to fall near him. Chase saves Miss Alistair, and grateful for the save, she gives Chase some advice about the Pavlova. If you follow the same recipe over and over again, you'll never get different results, much like the writing staff for Power Rangers Dino Supercharge. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, low burn, but follow your own advice with these filler episodes. God. Back at the Megazord battle, Snide and Fortress's attacks have forced the trio villains out of the Megazord. Doomwing tries to summon the Titanozord, but Lord Arcanon swats the Titanocharger away because he's too infuriated at Doomwing's failure. With the Zords back under their control, the Rangers do battle with Fortress, where Chase is reminded of the critic's advice. Inspired by this, Kendall reveals that she has a new configuration ready, but needs time to adjust it. After switching over to the Titanocharge Megazord, it's proven ineffective against Fortress. Kendall shows up morphed on her bike, which is a really cool shot, yeah. And the Rangers create the Dino Charge Ultrazord. At this point, Heckle takes over for Snide, but the Ultrazord quickly destroys Fortress, leaving Heckle at Arcanon's mercy. While trying to find these new enemies, the Rangers find Doomwing's Charger, which was discarded. Just really cool stuff with the villains this episode, and less about the Rangers. But at the end of the episode, Chase has to make another pavlova for Mrs. Alistair, but he bases this off his grandmother's personal recipe, and she instantly enjoys it. Back at the lab, the rangers are shocked to discover how similar the chargers are, coming to the conclusion the Silver Ranger has been captured because they gave him the data in the last episode. At Sledge's ship, Lord Arcanon puts Heckle back into solitary confinement, declaring himself in charge. Singe asks what to do about the rangers, to which Arcanon replies when he opens his book that they won't be alive anymore after this. Obviously, dun-dun-dun, Dark Energem. Um, <laughs> just some notes. An error in editing when controlling the Plesio Charge Megazord Panky Rex formation. The dinosaur symbol on Doomwing's cockpit was the one belonging to the Terrazord rather than the Panky Zord. Also, Tyler randomly knows Lord Arcanon's name despite not having been told it yet. Also, despite being controlled by evil forces, the Terra Zord is not in its evil form, which I thought would have been a cool little throwback to when it was controlled by Fury back in the first season, where Fury used it in the Gold Ranger's introduction. And this also marks the first time that all ten Zords appear in one episode. I actually like this episode a, a bit more, if only for the villain parts. Yeah. I thought this was a really strong introduction to Arcanon. He's really set up as a major threat, especially when he's able to basically out-hand laser Heckle. 
and and, and beat him and snide and heckle get destroyed in fortress arcanon captures him again raises him in the air with his powerful beam energy and then just throws him around like a rag doll just insulting him and degrading him i've said this before in past episodes but i love the villain story more than the ranger story at this point and Mm -hmm. I've always loved Singe. Like, I like his bravado. I like his voice actor. I like his powers. The rivalry with Fury. And then you've got Doomwing, who has a great design. And I noted on Twitter that he kind of sounds like Turkinator from our uh, Thanksgiving (laughs) crossover. Yeah, a little bit. Which is is pretty hilarious. But no, I like Doomwing's design. The shot of the three of them doing the, the hero walk, but it's the villain walk. And and that reveal of all three of them coming out of Singe's spherical ship. See, that's an arc that they were building towards, because Singe mentioned his boss before, but you get those filler episodes, you forget about those little connections, and then you're like, oh, that's the one he was talking about it's a great reveal for the new general for this last half of the show i do like that heckle is shown to be thrown back in solitary confinement even that was a cool shot it was like the walk of shame shot back at the ship and yeah you know mm-hmm. they kind of did the slow motion whatever like dun 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 and like i said all the villain stuff is great but when you have riley picking up a dino charger and going is this a dino charger like yeah no dude (laughs) gee we gave the silver ranger the plans for the megazord and all of a sudden they're becoming they're being controlled by the villains yeah. I don't know. What do you guys think? I agree that it's way more interesting to see the villain arc happening. Arcanon is an actual threat. It's really cool to see that sort of side of it. And again, the whole thing with Heckle and, and all that. But uh, yeah, there was some just real stupidity going on on the ranger side of things. Mm-hmm. And like every two seconds when they're watching this on the screen and the main... Like, oh my god, how did they get control? What's going on? Oh, <laughs> oh my god. It it got super annoying. Yeah. Especially with, gee, Kendall, you can't figure something out. I don't know. You gave the Silver Ranger all this stuff. Instantly, you could see where it's going. It's like, well, gee, obviously, Doomwing is going to be the Silver Ranger. Yeah. It was clearly a setup, but... I don't know, you gave the Silver Ranger your information, and now the next day they're controlling the Megazords. Come on. Yeah. And, like, you wouldn't have built some kind of safety measure into the Zords, or some kind of backup in case something happened like that. Right. And here's the thing. It's like, you can detect alien biosigns. They're always mentioning that. You can't put, like, an alien biosign detector in the Megazords where... If a bad alien shows up, it just shuts the hell down. You can't do that? Really? Yeah, yeah. And that's another thing. It's it's this whole messed up thing with the Energem and the Chargers and what are the rules? And it seems like the rules are constantly changing with these powers. And um. do you need an Energem or do you just need a Dino Charger? Well, you know, with Fury, he just needed the Dino Chargers. So it's like, okay, but then... What's really powering these Zords? And we've seen that these Zords are kind of sentient. They can't say, oh, shit, the bad guy's in me. F*** this, I'm out. Like, <laughs> even they can't do that? It's super weird. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's cool. It's cool seeing the villains, like, piloting the Megazords. Seeing Singe and Arcanon and Doomwing in the American cockpit was freaking awesome. It's amazing that they're shooting all this great original footage but just some of the, just, just the writing logic leaps in these episodes. Like, the Rangers couldn't have figured it out sooner. There's no lockouts against these things. I get it. They want to use cool footage, but it's like they're advancing the villain arc, but sacrificing the intelligence of the Rangers. And, yeah. And it undermines them as a team. Mm-hmm. Well, anything else before we move on to our Ranger Nation answer segment? I think we've pretty much covered it. Yeah. <laughs> and I gotta eat dinner soon. So, in our Ranger Nation answers, we ask, what are your thoughts on the direction of Dino Supercharge's final arc? On Twitter, at Mr. Yellow said, I think it's too little too late. It also seems very Sentai-like in contrast to how early Dino Charge looked. RJ Sills, Uchihopper77 at Anime Redneck 96 said, Meh? 
I still haven't seen any of Supercharge. I just hope it ends better than what I've heard at the moment. Not bloody Gen- likely. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> Genuine at Minimoon132002 says, I think things are going to get interesting. With 10 Rangers together, they will be able to win their battles. And Red 93 said, If we could focus more on story and get rid of this filler stuff, that'd be nice. Otherwise, I'm enjoying it. Tommy Brevard Jr. at KidFlashDBN said, it's good so far. The villains are great this season. Josh at Talking Tanuki said, No more filler. We've had way too much. Agreed. <laughs> Luke Early at Undead number nine said, I used to be excited about watching the episodes. I'm currently two to three episodes behind. I hope the final arc finishes strong, but based on how the rest of Supercharge has been, I'm going to guess that it's not going to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Josh Lantern at Riot Ranger 335 said, I think it's the best couple of episodes they've made this season. Excited to see the rest of the season. That was when we were going to review 14 and 15, which are much better. Like the final arc is gearing up. Uh, yeah. Some of those fights yeah. are really sweet. But yeah, these three episodes and just, I mean, my big rant at the start of this episode. <laughs> I don't mean to be negative, but I'm calling it like it is. You know, we try not to hold any punches here on Ranger Command. And like I said, I get worked up over it because I am passionate about this franchise. And to have the executive producer say, oh yeah, these are going to be the best, some of the best episodes of Power Rangers ever. To make that bold of a claim and it fall this short, especially with the first half of this season. Season, and it's starting to still creep into this back half of this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Luke said, he's not hopeful that the rest of this final arc is going to finish strong based on the first half of this season. And I have to agree. It's just really disappointing when you've seen and you know how good it can be. Yeah. It's like you, you know it can be so much more and it has been so much more. So yeah. why is it so much less? I know you don't like RPM, AP, but <laughs> but still, <laughs> RPM as a whole, much better. And yeah. again, that was a back half of a season that Judd Lynn finished off, and he finished it successfully, I thought. So it's like, what's the disconnect here? <laughs> this is the second time he's been brought in in the newer generation of Power Rangers. It's the second time he's been brought in to correct the mistakes of a previous executive producer and it's like why is this failing when rpm turned out okay i could rant about this and you know i'll probably save the ranting for our overall season review when we review the last few episodes but right now these episodes i'm just kind of meh about it anyways i don't want to leave on a bad note (laughs) i just want to say it's good to have the three of us talking about Power Rangers. I definitely missed UAP being on the show. (laughs) And yeah, we're going to do more. You know, we'll continue to do these episodes. I'm currently preparing to do our next Survivor podcast with Doug's, our Power Rangers Survivor Fall Season Edition, which will be (laughs) on the Animarium. So look forward to that at the end of this month. And Ranger Nation, let us know what you think. If you have questions, you can email us at rangercommandpowerhour at gmail.com or check us out at rangercommand.com. We are on Twitter at rangercommandph, on Facebook and Instagram at rangercommandpowerhour, all one word. Uh, You can check us out on our website, subscribe to us on iTunes, on Android, Google Play, Stitcher, Spreaker. The links are on our show page. You can sign up through an RSS feed, all of that stuff. And tell next time i don't think we'll as much next episode because it'll be survivor no no, i'll be i'll be riding the supergirl high okay okay cool all right once again thank you ap zach as always it's awesome to hang out and about power rangers at this point but (laughs) i'm so looking forward to the movie yeah 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 well until next time thank you for listening and we will talk to you soon see ya You've been listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour, only on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphing Grid at www.rangercommand.com. Follow us on Twitter at rangercommandph, and like us on facebook.com slash rangercommandpowerhour. This is Trucky B47 from the Ranger Command Power Hour, and you're listening to the Four Eyed Radio Network. Ranger Command is now on Patreon, 
Become a patron by pledging as much or as little as you like every month and receive cool perks. By pledging, you are helping us make our show even better. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more. Thanks 